Hey everyone, welcome to Life Church. My name is Kristen and I serve on our worship team. We're so glad to have you with us today. When you walked into service today, you received a bulletin. Inside that bulletin, you'll find a connection card. That card does exactly what it says it does. It helps us to stay connected to you. So if you could, please fill it out with as much information as you're comfortable giving. At the bottom of your connection card is a section for our Pray For Ones. Our Pray For One ministry is the prayer that we pray every day that God would send us one person to share his love with. Next week is our baby dedications. If you'd like to get your little one dedicated, please put dedication with the service time in the right-in section of your connection card. We know that God has called each and every one of you to find a place in his church, so we invite you to join our dream teams. You can get connected through dream teams through Grow. Grow is where we take the time to help you get your best fit at Life Church and get you placed on a team. You can go to Grow the first two Sundays of every month at 10.30 a.m. To learn more about Grow or anything else going on at Life Church, please visit us in the Welcome Center. We'd be happy to answer any of your questions. That's it for Life Church News. Enjoy the rest of your service. See you guys this morning. How about that Life Church worship band? Are they awesome? Okay, a Revelation song. It's an old one, but it's still a pretty good one. Sarah Johnson, I don't know if you guys know her. She plays the keys. She's got us blown away with some effects there. I don't know if you picked up on them, but she is amazing. Does an awesome job. I'm really glad we have her on the team. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you guys yet, my name is Luke. I've been serving here at Life Church in a variety of roles for just a little bit over a year now, and I love when I get the opportunity to come and speak to you guys uh, every once in a while. Uh, Like Tom said, we're in the fourth and final installment of our series we're calling A Way Out. Uh, Pastors Matty B., Tom, and Brian have all done an amazing job so far, and you know what they say, save the worst for last, so here I am in week four. Um, but before we get into the message, there's a couple of things I do want to let you know about some awesome stuff coming up here at Life Church. First and foremost, most importantly, coming up on September 23rd, that is the launch day for all of our life groups. If you don't know what life groups are, it's just a bunch of groups that uh, get together in a variety of places, some people's homes, parks, wherever it is. We have one that gathers in a, in a gun range and goes shooting together. Um, whatever it is, uh, I would encourage you to check out our life group directory. You can visit lifechurchmain.org and check those out. Uh, we'll give you more details as, that, as those come. Uh, I would really encourage you to get in a life group if you haven't taken advantage of that opportunity before. That is how we get people relationally connected to each other from Life Church. So I uh, really encourage you to do that. Also, if you've been a li- in, uh, taken part in a life group before, I would really urge you to consider perhaps leading a life group. I'm not here making a pitch. Uh, we don't need any more life group leaders. We're doing okay. But I think that would be an opportunity that you wouldn't want to miss out on. If that seems, seems intimidating, every other life group leader that's taken that opportunity has probably been equally as intimidating, as intimidated going into that. It's not as scary as you think. Um, one thing, we have what we call a free market system. So we're not going to ask you to do a Bible study. So that makes you, if you want to do Bible study, great. But if that makes you uncomfortable, don't feel any pressure to do that if we, we say just take what you're currently doing in your life and turn that into a life group. So if you love 
having barbecues on Tuesday nights, have a barbecue on Tuesday nights, and we'll call that a life group. Uh, you can visit, again, our website, lifechurchmain.org slash life groups, uh, and register a group. If this is piquing your interest even a little bit, um, I would encourage you just to go through that process, fill out the form. Uh, but you're not bound to anything once you do that. That would just get us in touch with you, and we can give you more details and resource you on how to become a life group leader. Um, it's an opportunity. I don't think you want to miss out on if that's uh, irking you at all, I'd really encourage you to do that. If you can open a bag of chips, you can be a life group leader. So I really encourage you to take that opportunity if that's something that you're thinking about. Um, a couple more things. We have coming up on September 13th, we have our series we're calling Hidden in Plain Sight. Here we go. Um, this is, we're going, we're going to be at the movies together. This is a series where Pastor Brian's going to pull some biblical truths out of some popular movies. So we're going to be playing, uh, so large parts of some pretty popular, pretty good movies and not Christian movies, good movies. There is a difference, but we're going to be playing some, uh, some good movies here. Uh, and Pastor Brian's going to dissect them, uh, and he's going to find some biblical truths in these movies. Hence the hidden in plain sight. It's a movie you've seen before. Uh, perhaps, but we're going to pull some biblical truth out of that. Um, and just so you know, a little heads up, um, we're going to do things just a little bit differently for that series. Um, we do things in, in this service. We do take an offering every service, but in this service, we always leave the buckets at, uh, back at those doors. And as you're walking out, we always tell you uh, that you have the opportunity to worship God with your giving as you leave. So you still have that opportunity. But just so you know, during the 930 and 11 service, and I, I know a lot of us kind of just mingle throughout services and have a bunch of places we go depending on our schedules. So during the 9, 30, and 11, we usually pass the buckets, actually. But for this service, we, lo- we leave them at the doors. We're going to be leaving them at the doors this entire series just because this is a series we know we have a lot of new people coming to Life Church for the first time. And we're just not huge fans of just putting a bucket in front of their face with money in it and saying, can you give us money? We, that's not what we're about. So um, we, we need money, believe me, but we're, we don't want to like send that message across because we know it's a very, uh, there's a lot of people here for the first time, so we just don't want to send that message of asking them for money because that's not at all uh, what we want from them. So just so you know, I'm just giving you a heads up, if you are uh, someone that attends the 9.30 or 11 o'clock regularly, um, we will not be passing buckets. Um, so I would really encourage you to take advantage of some of the resources we have. You can give um, through text, and you can give online. Uh, if you want more details in your bulletin, there's the information for that. I would really encourage you to take advantage of that. I use the online giving. Uh, I just have it set to do it every week now because I just forget. I have the worst memory in the world, so I never remember to do that. So I just have it set to every week. Just take it out of my account. It's a lot easier for me to do it that way, so I really encourage you to take advantage of that. But just so you know, that this just gives you a little vision of kind of why we do what we do sometimes here at Life Church. We're, we just don't want to put any pressure on new people to give at Life Church. We always say every service, if this is your first time with us, there's no pressure on you to give or take part in this portion of the services for people that call Life Church home. Um, and we're just really not about pressuring people into giving. Actually, just some biblical backing for this, why we do this. It says right here in Corinthians, I think it's Corinthians, yep. Second Corinthians, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What you have decided in your heart, not what you feel compulsed. Who has ever been irked into some compulsive giving before. Perhaps you've been emotionally just pulled by some video. You're sitting at home watching TV. All of a sudden, I will remember you. (laughs) 
honey, Sarah McLachlan's on the TV again. <laughs> sell the house, sell the kids. We got to give it all away. I don't know. This song gets me. I don't know. I, I, that, that stuff seems to happen all the time. We get pulled in by some emotional video. That's not what God wants in church. He wants you to decide uh, what he wants you to give or what you are to give. Uh, so I'd encourage you to... Uh, Actually, I would encourage you to take part. If that's not something that you do currently, I'm not trying to make you feel bad at all or anything. This isn't a pit for more money. But if you haven't taken that opportunity to worship God with actually a percentage of your, uh, of your income, uh, that is an opportunity that I love. It's just, it's, it's just showing God that um, whatever, every part of me, even my finances, belongs to you, and I get to worship God with that. Um, but just so you know, I took a long way, of, way around of explaining, no buckets, 9, 30, 11 o'clock during that series. So if it's not clear now, I don't know what will make that clear to you. Um, anyway, last thing before we get into the message, we are currently in what we call our 21 days of prayer um, there are churches all over the nation that are taking part in this right now, and we actually join with every with churches from all 50 states. We join in uh, prayer at the same time in, in this one stream, and I would encourage you to come check it out. It's 7 a.m. Monday through Thursday here. Um, I've been here every day for it. It's been awesome. There are five or four days left this coming Monday through Thursday here at 7 a.m., so if you haven't come, I would encourage you to come check that out. All right, the message um, and if, you, if you're a, a note taker, uh, if you, if you, there's always those notes in your bulletins with the inserts and blanks and everything. We don't have those this week. I guess they took a look at my notes and figured what I said wasn't worth writing down. Uh, so I apologize if you're a diligent note taker, but we don't have those this week. So maybe just write on the back of your bulletin and take that home. Uh, I apologize. But the, uh, this series has, all, has been all about battling addictions and different temptations in our life. Uh, that we all deal with, and in, in some form or, or another, we all deal with some unwanted behaviors. And the theme verse for this series uh, comes out of Corinthians. No temptation has taken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that, uh, that, that phrase, a way out, that is the uh, the theme for this, that's what we're calling this series, A Way Out, and it's all based on that verse. And no matter what you're facing, God is faithful, uh, and he will always give you a way out. There was um, this, this sci- a professor of psychology in Vancouver. Uh, his name was Bruce Alexander. Uh, he did this very interesting study uh, many years ago. He did this study of rats, where he, gave, he put rats in this cage in isolation, and then he would give them two bottles of water, one, just regular bottled water, and then another one, it was water with chemically infused either heroin or cocaine. That's what he did uh, to these rats. He would give them two bottles and let them choose what they wanted. I seriously doubt PETA signed off on this one, but regardless, uh, he went forward with it, and he did the test. And after bringing, I don't even remember how many rats it was, but however many rats he brought through, he found that 100% of the rats that he brought into this little enclosure became addicted to the chemically infused water, and 100% of them overdosed on the chemically infused water. 100% of them died. Once again, I seriously doubt PETA is okay with this, but he still, that was, that, was, that was what he found. And so the conclusion of that was we as, as animals, as humans included, we are all predisposed to have some neurological makeups and wirings that make us just temperamentally um, open to addiction and open to just uh, addic- getting addicted to certain things. And science, even outside of just that test, has in large part confirmed that. It's found to be mostly true. 
One thing, though, that uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Alexander, after he did that test, he took a step back and realized, I think I may have forgotten the step. I think there's something I may have done incorrectly. Uh, The words he used was he said, "I, I didn't give them anything else to bond with. So he then created what he called Rat Park which was essentially Disneyland for these rats. He gave them you know, little tunnels to go through, a bunch of toys, the, 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 the spinny wheel things that they go around in, whatever those are called. He gave them like, cheese everywhere, everything that they love. If, if it was a male rat, he would give him a female rat to get ratty and whatever it is rats do in a cage. And he, he gave them everything that they could ever want. He, he created the perfect little rat Disneyland, that we, which he called Rat Park. And he also left the, the regular bottled water and the other bottled water with the either uh, uh, cocaine or heroin infused uh, into it. And so he did the test again, started over from there, it brought a bunch of new rats. While 100% of the rats before in the test in isolation with just the two bottles, 100% of them got addicted and 100% of them overdosed, in this test, not a single one of them got addicted and not a single one of them overdosed. And there were, that was a kind of a that was considered a, a kind of a psychological and, and, and whatever the neurological breakthrough as far as like how we're all wired. And it's like okay, well, in, in isolation, they, they all died. But when they were put in, in the way I like to put it, when they were put in the environment that they were created for, what was once so attractive in isolation became very easy to reject. When they were put in the environment that they were created for. It became, what was wrong, what, what was bad for them became easy to reject. And the same is true for us. When we are in the environment that we've been created for, what is bad for us becomes easy to reject. It's, ha- it's a lot harder in isolation. When you're, when you're just left with two choices, good thing and a bad thing, doesn't matter how disciplined you are, eventually you're going to choose the bad thing. Eventually you're going to mess up. But when you're put in the environment that you were created for, it becomes a lot easier to say no to whatever it is we don't like, whatever habits in our life that we don't like. And the, the lesson, the, kind of, the, the point here is that the way out of addiction, the way out of our problems, the things that we don't like in our life, the way out is not more discipline. It's not more self-control. It's getting into the environment that you were created for. And God in the Bible makes one thing very clear. The fir- first and foremost, the environment that you were created for is what the New Testament calls the body of Christ. And we know the body of Christ means his church. That's what, the, that's what Jesus called uh, his church, is the body of Christ. And the Bible makes it unbelievably clear that this is the first thing that God calls us to. I'll show you here in Romans chapters 12, verses 4 and 5. We are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. And here at Life Church, uh, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on. It might seem like there's a lot going on, but there's really four things we do. In this body, in this church, there's four major things we do. And I think we've, we've done a pretty good job of get, bringing those to you. And I, this is, I'm preaching at you, but I'm also announcing something to you. If you've come to Life Church for a while, you might have seen our wheel. It's, everything we do is about transformed lives. That's our mission, is transforming lives around this community. Um, but there's, if you've seen the wheel, there's four things we do to accomplish that mission, which is transformed lives. Just a preface, 
Nothing's changing. Nothing, nothing has changed. We're not doing anything differently. Everything's staying the same, so don't freak out. But we are changing the rhetoric, or we have changed the rhetoric of it. So the, the four things that were around the wheel, we, we're still doing the same things. We just found a cuter way to say it. It just sounds a little bit better, and this is actually more of an accurate biblical depiction of what it is we're actually doing. So anyway, that's the announcement portion. But this is what we do. The four things that we do here at Life Church, the things we want you all to get involved with, the first is to know God. The first is to get in a close, loving relationship with your creator. And after you do that, we want you to find freedom. We, everyone's got baggage. That's kind of what today's about a little bit. Everyone's got stuff in their life, their, their yesterdays, we might call it, that you might want to get rid of and get free from. You're going to get freedom here at Life Church. And again, these are, these are like, they seemingly undefined intangibles. We'll, we'll unpack exactly how we accomplish all these in your life. But the third thing is discover purpose. That's a, that's a big problem. Even in the church where most people don't even know what their purpose is, they don't know why they're here on earth, and we're really going to talk about this today, your purpose and what it is you were designed for, but you're going to discover your purpose here at Life Church, and then after you discover your purpose, you can make a difference in the world around you. So this is the vision. This is a Life Church vision. You're going to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And then again, the last one is just making a difference in the world around you. And again, these seem very undefined, but we'll unpack kind of how we uh, actually execute those uh, systematically here. But the first thing, that, uh, the, well, rather, not the first thing, I don't want, I don't want to spend this whole, because it would take me the whole service to really walk you through everything, so I won't do that. We're going to touch on these more over the next few weeks and coming months. We're going to clarify this a little bit, but I want to focus on the last two today. We're going to discover purpose and make a difference. We're going to discover what it is we were created for in our purpose. The first thing we, we do, to do, really the only thing we do to help you discover your purpose, you hear about it every week, you heard about it today when Kristen did Life Church News there, it's called Grow. Every, the first two Sundays of every month we have what we call our Grow Sessions, it happens at 10.30 right here, um, and that, in that class we, you take a, a personality test, some spiritual gift assessments and different things, and we really help you kind of figure it out what it is your giftings are, what it is you're good at, you're going to discover why it is you were on this earth, and kind of learn what it is God made you for. And then, once you've discovered your purpose, once you know what it is you're supposed to be doing, then you're going to make a difference on what we call our dream teams. When you, when you walked into service, you were greeted by some dream teamers, you were led in worship by some dream teamers, and the slides are being run through by some dream teamers. So these are the people that, are, that have discovered their purpose, and the, the, the greeters hopefully were friendly, lovey people, because they love people, and they love smiling and love shaking your hand. They were created for that, and they're making a difference right now and making your day a little brighter, hopefully, uh, as you walked in. And that's, those are the two things, main things that we do in order to discover purpose and to make a difference. And I, I think we've made a, done a pretty bang-up job of, uh, of making those things pretty accessible to you. Again, if, you get, if you've been here for a while, you hear every single week Life Church News. Grow happens the first two Sundays of every month at 1030. We're going to continue to say it, so I hope you don't get bugged by it, because we just want everybody that comes in here, we want to make clear the opportunities they have to discover their purpose and make a difference. So that's just, if that's been bugging you, just to clarify why we say that every single week without fail. But when I say... The phrase is, you know, discover your purpose and make a difference. I understand that the majority of you, a lot of you have full-time jobs, you have families, you have school, whatever it is going on. So it might be easy to say, okay, well, he's saying discover your purpose in church and then make a difference in church. But that doesn't have anything to do with my family. It doesn't have anything to do with my work. I would encourage you to not compartmentalize your life in that way. The, the, actually, the, the way it works is the first place God shows your, the first place God wants to show you your purpose and reveal himself to you is in the church. 
And once you are, have your purpose revealed to you in the church and you're making a difference in the church, that will reveal to you your purpose every other, in every other area of your life, your school, your work, whatever it is. If you don't believe me, I want to show you this verse again in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 again. In this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning, and that word meaning doesn't just mean church meaning. It means meaning for life. It's purpose for life. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. The body as a whole, again, is the church. Each part gets its meaning from the church, not the other way around. And who in here has found that to be true, where you got involved in the Life Church, you went through Grow, you got on the Dream Team, you got really engaged with what God was doing here at Life Church, and once you did that, your work life got better, your family life got Who's found that to be true in your life when that happened? I found that to be true for myself. I got engaged with God's church, and it bled into the other areas of my life. So I'd encourage you to not compartmentalize church, and okay, I can discover a purpose there and make a difference there, but that has nothing to do with my work life. It has everything to do with your work life, and I'd encourage you to not uh, compartmentalize those two things. So if, if you're here and you're wondering how it is you're ever going to stop doing whatever it is you're doing, you're, you're, you're trying to just cut off this habit, cut off this addiction, whatever it is, God is endeavoring to reveal himself and reveal your purpose and destiny to you through his church first. And, and what, what it's like, and maybe some of you guys have heard this analogy before, and you know if I get the chance to make a football analogy anytime, I will. Uh, what church is like it is the huddle in football. Every, 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 before every play, there's a huddle, and everybody gets the play. They get their job. They get what they're supposed to do, what they're supposed to accomplish on that play. And then they go out, and they, they, they hike the ball, and they, they execute their job. That's what church is. You get the play, and then that kind of just sh- and that's where God shows you how to essentially behave or what you're supposed to do throughout that week. That's the game plan. And then the week is when you go and execute the game plan. And if you ever were on a football field without a play, not knowing what you're doing, it would be chaos. You try to show up, play left tackle, you wouldn't know who you're supposed to block in the court, it would be it would be chaos. And that, just so you know, is what we call the Cleveland Browns. That is what we call <laughs> That's what we call the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, is anybody in here watching Hard Knocks? I don't even know if you guys know what that show is. It's a show that documents uh, an NFL team every offseason. They'll, they'll document them through training camp in the preseason. And this year, it just so happens to be the Browns. And they're just documenting everything that goes on. So you get to see in depth like what's going on. And I, I just watched the, the second episode the other day. The third one's coming out on Tuesday, which I'm excited for. But holy crap, it could not be more clear why that team cannot win a game. That is the most dysfunctional franchise in the world. But anyway, if you're, if you're a Browns fan, maybe you saw the title of this series, like you got really hopeful, like, oh, maybe there's a glimmer of hope for my Browns. There's a way out. Nah, sorry, sorry. Not, not as long as Hugh Jackson is the head coach, but uh, rest assured, he'll be fired by the end of the season, just like every other head coach every year is in Cleveland. But uh, anyway, moving on. And they say nobody's creating jobs in the Rust Belt. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care if you don't laugh. That is funny. I'm using that again next service. I like that. That's pretty clever. Uh, I do. That's like that's good. Anyway, so if, you, if you're looking, if you're looking for a way out of your current circumstances, the answer lies in these four things. Know God to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And I apologize. I don't have the the time to really unpack every single one of those deeply. And, and but. And we'll explain to you more over time exactly how we accomplish those four things. But the first, the first thing, is the, the, know God is the first thing on purpose. Because it's the first and most important thing. Because if you don't have that, if you don't know God, then you can't find freedom. You can't discover purpose. You can't make a difference. 
That's the most important thing. Everything else follows that. And even, actually, all, of those, all three of those other things feed into the first one. Because once you're free, well, then you're, you're more freed up to know God and get closer to God. Once you discover your purpose, you can, you can know why God created you, and you, you can have that understanding between you and your creator, and you can make a difference. You can actually be doing what it is he called you to do. All this feeds back into the first one of you getting closer to God, which truly is the ultimate way out. And one mistake that we make all the time is we do something wrong, we sin, we, we, haven't, we, we were given the way out, but we failed. We didn't, we didn't get out that time. One thing we do all the time is, is we blame our self-control. We blame our discipline, like, oh, I just, I, I, I messed up, I, I should have fought harder, I should have tried harder. And that's actually not what's going on. Sin is not a test, I'll show you this here, sin is not a test of your relation, I'm sorry, sin is a test of your relationship with God, not your self-control. Sin is a test of your relationship with God, not your self-control. And that's, that word test has some like negative connotations. It's not, a, it's not a bad kind of test. It's just that's God trying to grow you closer to him. And that is the ultimate way out of sin in the bad habits in your life. It's not more self-discipline. It's a closer relationship with the God who loves you. And the one thing I really do want to make clear, actually, before I do that, I, there was a, a friend of mine who he tells this story um, talking about kind of this, and he talks about his wife, his marriage. And one thing he says all the time, he goes, the, the thing that keeps me faithful to my wife, talking about his marriage, one thing that keeps me faithful to my wife is not my discipline. It's not my self-control. It's not even how good of a guy I am. The thing that keeps me loyal to my wife is falling in love with my wife. That's what keeps me loyal. It, it, it's not running away every time a pretty girl comes up to me. It's genuinely loving my wife. Because if I genuinely love my wife, that's when it's, you, you could never imagine being unfaithful. You could never imagine something like that. But he, but he goes, if, if there's a day, and the day, when the days are that we're a little farther apart, we haven't talked as much lately, we're not quite as close, that's when temptation sets in. Unfaithfulness, even in marriage, is not a test of your self-control. It's a test of, your, of the love you, have, you two have between each other. Sin is not a test of your self-control. It's a test of your relationship with God. And, and one thing I do want to clarify, though, is I'm not trying to bash on self-control and discipline. Those things have their place. Those are a good thing. I'm just, I'm just encouraging you not to rely on that and make that your ultimate, like, I'm just going to beat this, I'm going to fight it, and make that your, the thing you'll stand on. I have, I have plenty of disciplines. I have tons of disciplines that I have in place, things that would probably freak you out. Like, that's a little too far there, Luke. But uh, there's things that I don't even want to get close to sinning because I've seen what sin does to my life. And, and it's, this, is, this is a stupid example, but I'll just give you an example. Um, I just I don't go to the movies and watch R-rated movies at the theaters. I just don't. Maybe that's a little extreme for you, but I, well, I say that if like certain movies, like so I went and saw it a couple months ago, which was rated R, but it's an action movie or it's like a, it's a horror. That doesn't bother me. Bother me. There's other certain materials in R-rated movies that do get to me, so I just don't even want to. Uh, I just want to avoid that entirely. There's this. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. There's this resource called. Plugged in. It's this Christian website. I know this is cheesy, but please don't make fun of me. Uh, there's this Christian website called Plugged In that will go and review movies for you in like a Christian context. They'll go and um, like watch a movie like, like it or whatever, um, and then they will warn you of all the content that's in it. 
and they'll tell you it's got this, it's got this, and I, and I will warn you, they're a little weird, like, it's got witchcraft, and it's like, all right, chill out there, plugged in. But it's, I just look for different kind of materials in movies that I want to avoid. Uh, so you can feel free to use that if you want to. I just don't want to sit there in an IMAX theater and see 100-foot bosom sitting right there in front of me. Don't want to deal with, well, actually, I do want to see that, and that's the problem. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> Wow, all right, I, that's the last time I say that. Anyway, <laughs> sin, sin is not a reflection of your self-control. It is a reflection of your relationship with Jesus. And I, I, that, to me, I have learned that over these last few months in a way that I've... I, that's been more real to me these last few months than it's ever been. There have been um, a few things going on that have really been bugging me things that have, in, in ways that have never bugged me before, really. And if you, if you know me at all, I'm, I'm not like an emotional person at all. Very uncomfortable with emotion to begin with, so bear with me as I talk about my emotions. But over these last few months, there have been some things that have gotten me frustrated, more frustrated than I've ever been in my entire life. And life's finally been able to get under my skin just a little bit. And if I can just tell you like one thing with all seriousness... Worship has saved my life. I don't, I don't know if you can relate to that at all. But over these last few months, the more frustrated I've become, the more I've needed worship. And I have, I have fallen in love with worship in a way that I haven't before. If that's cheesy for you, sorry. I've just been worshiping constantly. That's just, that's my life. I'm just, I'm just, every time I'm in the car, blasting worship music, and that's what I'm doing every morning when I get up. That's the first thing. I just, that's, that's my life now. And I've, I've learned something about myself over these last few months. Um, and I, I've, I've learned that I don't really get sad. Like, you know, like I said, I'm not an emotional person, so I've never really been sad before. My, my dad loves to tell the story of when I was born. Of, I came out of the womb, and the, the, the doctor kept swatting me, and I would not cry. Like, he just kept going at it, and I would not cry. Although babies, they say they don't have the muscles developed yet in order to smile. My dad is convinced that baby was smiling. He was happy to be out. He's looking for the party, he says. And so my, uh, he loves to tell that story, but I've just always had a very happy temperament. I've just always been a really happy dude. Nothing's been able, ever been able to get to me, really. So these last few months, like I said, I don't really get sad. So it doesn't really make sense that this would be my emotion. But I've learned about myself that I don't get sad. I get very angry, like angry. And, and over these last few months, I'll confess to you, I've had some moments of over-the-top just rage and and that's gotten and it's got so just uh, it's gonna make me sound well I guess you guys are gonna kind of be aware of how much a tool I am but I I've just I, there was a period of a couple of weeks there where again I was just getting angry and I didn't know how to deal with it so I would just go to the gym to be angry I was going to the gym every day twice a day I'd get up in the morning go and then I get home from work and that's just that's just I would just spend hours there and I would just go just to be angry there um, and it was getting very, I was harming myself. There, there, I don't know if there's any doctors in the audience, maybe you can explain to me why this was happening, but there was a period of probably like two or three weeks, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I was just dizzy, like all the time just dizzy, 
And there, there were a, a few times as well where I'd just, I'd just be walking down the hall and my legs would just stop working. They'd just quit and I'd fall down. And luckily, no one ever saw that happen. But I'm, I'm explaining this to you just to kind of point out where I was and just kind of like that was what I was doing. My, my, me dealing with this was just getting angry. I was just not going to talk to a soul. I'm just going to go to the gym and just be angry. And it's really not a rational like, reason for that, I don't think. That's just kind of the way I am. And I've learned that about myself. I just get angry. And when just, again, over these last few months, whenever I've experienced that, and I, I had to just, I stopped going to the gym. I just had to cut it off for a while there. And I just had to just turn to worship and said, I just said, I'm not going to have any other outlet other than Jesus. Not that the gym's bad, but I'm just not going to have any other outlet other than Jesus. So when I got angry, I just turned on worship music. And, it, I, and, and again, I apologize if this sounds corny to you, but worship changes things. Worship just, it, it doesn't take long. It, it'll take a minute. And just that, the room for me has just changed. And this, what I, this is what I think worship actually is. What I think it is, is you, you've got a problem. You know, for me, I was, I was angry. I was, uh, but a lot of things, I had a problem. And the problem was huge. It's all I could think about. And I really couldn't see God. Big problem, small God. Then I start worshiping. And slowly that starts to flip. And pretty soon I've got a big God and small problems. And just for me, that's seriously just worship has saved my life over these last few months. And I just, I don't know how else to explain it to you. Just worship has saved my life. And that has changed everything for me. I've, be, I've gotten to know God in a way I never have before just because of worship, just because of, I've just been pushed into a situation where I'm a little more uncomfortable uh, probably than, than usual. And so after I realized, you know, what, what I was doing to myself was, I was literally, literally harming myself. I was like, all right, done with that. Just going to worship. And again, just my relationship with God is just in a spot that, it, you know, I've got, my, I've got my days, but it's in a spot that it's never been. And I just, I don't know, I don't know. I, if, if you learn nothing else today, if you take nothing else away from today, just become a worshiper. Again, if, if you're wired anything like me, that probably even makes you uncomfortable to hear that. But I, I couldn't say it with any more sincerity. Just become a worshiper. It'll change your life. It, it's absolutely changed my life. And, it's, it's, and that's actually what, we're, what we were created for. It, it looks a little bit different. Maybe, maybe you worship in a different way. I love music, so I love to worship with music. But when I'm in the environment, just like those rats, when I'm in the environment I was created for, I don't even think about sin. I don't even think about whatever whatever else is going on. My problems become small. My God becomes big. The way, again, I'm not, not ragging on self-control or discipline, but the way out is not self-control. The way out is not discipline. The way out is knowing God and actually getting involved with what God is, wants to do in your life. And like Pastor Brian said last week, the way out comes after you start doing what God's asked you to do. He's not just going to give you the way out. You're just going to be free and then just hope that you'll get involved with what God wants you to do. Freedom and the way out is on the other side of engaging with what God has asked you to do. So again, I think we've done a pretty bang-up job of making um, what we understand God asks us, asks us all to do. We make that pretty available to you. 
So again, if, if grow is not something that you've been through, I, and if, if you want to go through it again, I, I, just, I would just encourage you with everything I have to go through grow. Again, it happens the first two Sundays of every month at 1030. Right in the corner back out there is our Welcome Center. If you have any further questions about that, I'd encourage you to go ask them. They can give you any details you need. But you're going to discover your purpose in grow, what it is God wants you to be doing, uh, and, and what, how it is he's made you, what he's gifted you with, and your gifting points to your purpose. Uh, and then you're going to make it based on your purpose. You're going to start making a difference right here at Life Church, and then in turn, you're going to start making a difference in the world around you. So if there's t- if there's two, just two takeaways from today, get involved with what God wants you wants you to be doing in your life, which is through grow in our dream teams. Just get closer to God. Become a worshiper. Just get closer to God. That is the way out. The ultimate way out is a closer relationship with the God who created you.